morning. Welcome to Heart and Soul Center of Light. My name is Ron Marshall, and I'm a licensed practitioner and founding member at Heart and Soul. And I'm honored to be facilitating our meditation experience this morning. This morning, we're taking the opportunity to immerse ourselves in stillness so that we may connect with the knower within so that it may be our guide during this time of change. So wherever you are, I invite you to make yourself comfortable so that you may be open to divine guidance. Know that right where you are, God is, and therefore it is safe and sacred space. If you're willing, I invite you to gently allow your eyes to close and take this opportunity to relax and let go of all that has transpired up until this moment. Join me in taking a deep conscious breath. Breathe in. And release with a sigh. Now give thanks for your breath as you gently allow it to return to its natural rhythm. Take a moment to notice the path that your breath takes through your body. While the path our breath takes, like each of us, is unique, every breath is part of the one breath, which is breathing us all. Let your breath be an ever-present reminder of your oneness with spirit and its ever-availability as a guide and source of inner peace, love, and clarity, regardless of outer circumstances. As we enter the stillness, remember to focus on your breath, and I offer this affirmation as our guide. I have been that I have been, I am that I am, and I will be what I will be simultaneously.
I have been that I have been. I am that I am. And I will be what I will be simultaneously. the surface underneath you might gently rub your palms together and begin to expand your awareness and feel the space around you and when you're ready I invite you to gently allow your eyes to open this completes our meditation experience and so it is. Thank you for creating the safe and sacred container of love for our service. We have a wonderful opportunity during these times to spend more time being still and renewing our relationship with the one. And I invite you to do so whenever, wherever, and however possible. It has been a pleasure and an honor to facilitate this morning's meditation. Thank you. Welcome to our Heart and Soul Center of Light virtual Sunday celebration. My name is Ron Marshall, and I am a licensed practitioner and founding member at Heart and Soul, and I'm delighted to be present this morning to welcome you and to also let you know about our opportunities for engagement at Heart and Soul. Uh, also, uh, if you are joining us from outside of the local Bay Area, we ask that you let us know where you are participating from, and you can do so by entering that into the, uh, the chat uh, in Zoom. Also, uh, this is the first Sunday in December, so we're taking this opportunity to wish those who are born in the month of December a very happy arrival day. We are grateful for you bringing your light into our presence uh, and trust and know that this will be the be best birthday ever for each and every one of you. Our annual theme uh, for 2020 is Adventures in Faith, Expect a Miracle, and we are Hmm. taking an opportunity to immerse ourselves in our annual read, A Year of Miracles by Mary Ann Williamson. Uh, today, which is day 341, the affirmation for today is, may God's will be done. Uh, and we invite you to stay connected with us uh, through our various social media channels, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter, and 
uh, whatever of those uh, venues is your choice, please do give us a shout out. Let folks know what's happening here at Heart and Soul Center of Light. And lastly, we continue to lift up our community affirmation. Thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever, and so it is. Join us on Monday evenings our, as our practitioner core uh, continues to do our Year of Miracles review. It's Monday evenings at 6.30 p.m. Uh, to 7.15 p.m. Uh, it's available on Zoom. You can sign up to get monthly reminders at heartsoulcenter.org slash RSCP Year of Miracles. Uh, and you, again, you can join us on Monday evening, 6.30 p.m. to 7.15 p.m. We continue to imagine and manifest justice. Uh, please join our, our co-chairs of this uh, vital ministry, Valerie Joy Fidmon and David Walker, this Wednesday, uh, December 9th. Uh, we will be continuing to unpack our Urban Mindfulness Summit 2020. We're taking a look at what we realize, what we're doing, and what's coming up next. We also invite you to join our sister Tammy Hall uh, live on Thursday evenings from 6 a 6, excuse me, 6, I wish she started at 6 a.m., 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, via Facebook Live. Uh, Tammy is uh, availing us of her, of her amazing talent, so please make sure that you tip our sister generously. And on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m., uh, we have our POP, also known as our, our Point of Power. This is uh, five-minute videos that are put on by our Reverend Andriette, and they're an opportunity to just get a nice little hit of, of power uh, that will uh, stand you in good stead throughout your day and the week. Past POPs are available uh, via Facebook, YouTube, and also uh, via podcast. And Heart and Soul has moved, y'all, and we are... Uh, grateful to those who have already checked out our Amazon wish list uh, and um, uh, donated uh, gifts, uh, things that we are looking for uh, here in our, in our new home. And this is an invitation for those who have not taken the opportunity yet to go to heartsoulcenter.org slash wish list uh, and see what is available there uh, that you can assist us in bringing into our new home. So let's just take a moment, family, and just take a breath. Visioning is a core principle of centers of spiritual living and a continuous practice at heart and soul center of light. All that we experience as a community is a result of our collective visioning, and our vision statement uh, is an opportunity for us to declare our intention of who we are and how we show up in the world. So we are going to declare our intention together today. We are a loving and compassionate world-class teaching and empowerment ministry. Through a consciousness of universal God presence, we release all resistance, separation, and fear. We claim our personal liberation and accept the eternal availability of joy, love, and abundance. Through our intention to be love and spread joy, we engender reflections of the same and more in others. Our ministry is a gift to the world, which expands through our practice and dedication. We welcome all people, and together we make a quantifiable positive difference on the planet. And so it is.
So join me as we take this opportunity to go within. And we'll do so by taking a deep, conscious breath together. And as we release it, we give thanks for that breath. How good it is to know that our breath is our ever-present reminder of who and whose we are. That each breath that we take is evidence that there is something that is breathing each and every one of us. Evidence that there is a power for good in the universe and that it is available for all to use. And I know this power as love and joy and peace, harmony, abundance, creativity, and all manner of good seen and unseen. How good it is to know that the very thing which rose the sun this morning, woke us this morning, that sees us and sees us through the night. How good it is to know that God is and we are. So in gratitude for our oneness with the one, I speak my word this day on behalf of Heart and Soul Center of Light and all, all who are impacted by us in any way, shape, or form. I know that this day and every day is a good God day that there is available to us in each and every moment all manner of good. And so I'm claiming that good today on behalf of all. I'm claiming that good as perfect health and well-being. I'm claiming that good as prosperity and abundance in all of its myriad forms. I'm claiming hmm, loving, caring, supporting relationships on behalf of all. I give thanks for the transformation that is already taking place and that will take place throughout the course of our service this day. I'm giving thanks for everyone who has laid hand, mind, heart on this service today. Grateful for all who have brought their gifts and talents in service to Heart and Soul Center of Light. I give thanks for our practitioner core those who pray without ceasing and know the truth on behalf of all in the form of prayer. I'm giving thanks for our board who goes about the business of heart and soul center of light with loving consciousness. I'm giving thanks for our music ministry which uplifts us in word and song and music. I'm giving thanks for our senior and founding minister, Reverend Andriette Earl grateful for her sacred yes and her willingness to be that place through which spirit speaks. I'm grateful for all the good that ever has been, that is now, and ever will be. And it is in gratitude that I release this word into the perfect activity of love and law. I know that all is truly well because all is done in, through, and as God. And so I step aside in consciousness, I allow it to be, and so it is. Amen.
I know they're working it out. One, two, three,
That is Vocal Rush from, I believe, because that's Barbara who's singing the lead on that. So that's at least a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, about two years ago. Oh, I found myself recently singing that song in my head without like all the, who, who understands what I'm talking about, where the song is just there, the lyrics are a little, you know, turned upside down, and yet the spirit of it is there, yes? So this notion of counting our blessings is powerful. And in fact, now that I think about it, if we had started our shelter in place with that as our goal and intention, that would have kept us busy in a different way. I think we'd have had some different outcomes. We'd have had, if we had really awakened, counting our blessings, that could look like a journaling activity. That could look like working with your prayer partner. That could look like you in all of your, all of those moments when many of us were wondering, what am I supposed to do now? Count your blessings. <laughs> and I love the lyric says, when I count all my blessings, not just the ones, but it's like counting all my blessings probably engages me in looking for some. If I have had some time, if an hour has passed or two hours or a whole afternoon, the idea is, can I count all my blessings? Within me, my spirit is saying that every millisecond is a blessing. And that when I get, oh, I, sometimes when I'm speaking here at Heart and Soul, I have this sense of, can I just like throw my finger up and run over there and start journaling or start working stuff out and be like, could y'all play some music or something? Because this message is working itself in me. This notion of what do we do in the pandemic? Maybe we could have mercy. Maybe, just for drill, maybe we could have mercy. So look, we are, we're especially on this adventure in faith. Having mercy is a good idea. So although we are wrapping up our 11th anniversary, so our anniversary month is November, I'm fully aware. I just don't think I'm done celebrating. I thought I was. Remember I told you last week when our sister Yanla was here that she was like tying a bow on it? Well, it was a loose bow. And my sense is it's kind of worked its way loose because I am still in the sense of we are celebrating. And, and maybe it's because in this pandemic, I feel like we have to get better at celebrating that this year, those of us who are still standing, and I don't mean, let, let me just say that we are certainly in prayer around those families and beloveds who are, are in grief around those that they have lost. 
and the situations and circumstances that are not at all the way we had envisioned them, the way we had planned for them, the way we had anticipated. So we're in grief and aware of all of that, and we're in prayer. And at the same time, we must not forget that we're standing on the other side of something, of an awareness where we might not have thought, if somebody had said, you know what, I'm going to make you stay home for the next eight months. <laughs> you're not going to be at the gym. You're not going to be at the concert. You're not going to be at the party. It's going to be none of that. We would have opted out and believed, oh, I can't make it. I'm not even going to take that wager because I won't be able to do it. And now we have found that not only can we do it, but we must do it. Each one in his and her own way, we must find the way to not just be safe ourselves, but to have others be safe in our presence. And so we're standing in, in a powerful place, and I get that it's a mixed bag. I really do. So look, we are still expecting a miracle. And we only have a right to expect a miracle if we're investing, if we're doing the work, if we're paying in. That is to say, there's no, see, we're all deserving. It's not a question of deservability. It's a question of causation. There's a for real law of cause and effect. And if there's no cause, ain't going to be no effect. So for those of us who are desirous of a new outcome, we must engage a new cause. We must be causal. We must invoke causation in order to have new outcomes. So our sister Iyanla gifted us with a powerful message based on Romans 8, 28 through 31. And, you know, I don't pretend to be a theologian. Well, I guess I am in the sense that I am interested in studying. I am not an expert. I'm an expert in uh, scripture in my life. My genius is in how I apply it in my life to transform my life. And so, you know, break off a piece if you can get some. But looky here. In verse 28, it begins by saying, and we know that in all things. I want to talk about this word no, because in the, a definition of no, and I'm going to read it to you, is have developed a relationship with someone, and I'm going to just capitalize the O in someone so that we're talking about the divine. It is in knowing in this context, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm not trying to write scripture for you, but I am sharing with you how I'm using it. Have developed a relationship with the divine through meeting and or spending time with him to be familiar with. See, this speaks also to what, what I was implying about expecting a miracle. If you don't have no relationship with miracles and the source of miracles, you don't have no right to expect it. So this idea here in Romans 8 is knowing, having a relationship with the divine 
you then have a sense of, by, by your own experience, of how all things work together for good. Because you do not, you, you are honoring, rather, you are honoring the presence of the divine 24-7, 365, and so you're never quite complete with how a thing turned out. See, this expecting a miracle is also continuing to discern the good. What? To continue to count all my blessings. Is there one of us who has not gone back in time to check that off as a blessing? <laughs> when it looked like at the time, 10 years ago, five years ago, yesterday, 15 minutes ago, <laughs> where we checked it off as a problem where we checked it off as a disadvantage, as a negative impact in our lives. And then when we ultimately are counting our blessings, we have moved it from the problem negative column to the blessing column. I think we can get better at that. I think we can get better at it so we can start moving stuff to the column faster, sooner. We can begin assuming rather than assume it's a problem. It ain't going to work. We can assume that this is divine right action. And we can stand like many children on Christmas morning, we can stand in divine anticipation. I can hardly wait to see how this is going to work out. And I have, I've been engaged in that lately. This, this idea of I can hardly wait to see how this, well, this is kind of an advanced practice of addressing stuff that looks like it's not working out. With I can hardly wait to see how this is going to work out. Because I know what? That all things in God work together for good. And then there's some, some conditions here. For those who, who love, for those who have been called according to his purpose, and if you were, like many of us, raised in churches where that first Easter um, saying was, God is love, we understand the purpose. We understand the purpose of the divine is love. And so if we are hooked up, connected, committed to, engaged in love, that's us. We're in that group. And as Iyanla kind of broke down for us, this verses 28 and 29 talk to the predestination of those who conform to this idea. This idea of the divine connectedness, this idea of I know the divine and the divine knows me. Some of us have our own name for the divine, our own secret, because we're talking to it all the time, just like we get nicknames for those with whom we are in close connection. We get a little pet name for them. So it is for many of us with the divine. And what does it speak to? It speaks to a deep connection, deep and ongoing. In verse 31, once we have a sense of all of that, once we are counting all of our blessings, what then shall we say in response to, this th to these things? And she laid it out for us, didn't she? <laughs> Our sister Yanlin, I'm going to challenge you to because I've added some to it. And each of us can. I'm going to ask that you put it in the chat right now. What else is there? I refuse to lose my 
faith, my trust, my vision, my sexy. I recall that I was tickled as I went through this and, and start thinking about what it is. And I heard, I remembered that Susan Taylor and her congratulatory message said that I was fly. And I thought, I'm not gonna lose my fly. I know it's COVID and y'all can't see me on Zoom from the waist down, but y'all need to know I got on the boots. And so, but see, that's important to me. One day I came in and, you know, I had all my thank you, Susan, fly. And somebody in the room said, now you know they're not going to see your shoes. And I was like, I don't care, I see them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got a personal rep to protect within me. I'm not going to lose that, that sense of, of who I, how I am, how I like to be. I'm not giving that part up. I'm not going to the concert. I'm not meeting you out for dinner. I'm not, we're not doing some of the stuff, but I'm still going to be. It, it just, it's a part of, 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 I'm just offering something here. So I'm not going to give up my peace of mind. I'm not going to give up my awareness of truth. Just because it looks like this and it feels like that, I still have to dig deep enough to keep me in touch with the ultimate truth and counting all my blessings holds me in that awareness, by the way. See, it's not just, it's not just an activity, an exercise. Counting all my blessings changes my consciousness. It puts blessings on my radar in such a way that more things look like blessings. Y'all know the converse is true as well. When you got problems, more stuff can look like problems. Isn't there an axiom when all you have is a hammer that everything starts looking like a nail? And so it's also true that when you are blessing filled, that thing that somebody said to you, you're like, oh, I know that's a blessing. I like hearing it, but I know that that's a blessing. Let me go do my work so I can discern just how big a blessing this is. I'm trying to say something, but the bottom line I came to around this is I refuse to lose my sanity. I'll tell you that. I'm going to keep it straight and know that I know that I know. I've been using this all week and, and it's been working with me in ways. So look, we have a class that has just begun, uh, the mental equivalent, and it is the class is named after the book by Emmett Fox. And in the book, Emmett Fox offers us this. He says, we practice the presence of God by seeing him everywhere. Now, let me just say that this book was written in 1953. So I'm not busy correcting pronouns, et cetera. Let me just tell you the way he wrote it in 1953. He says, we practice the presence of God by seeing him everywhere in all things and all people, despite any appearances to the contrary. See, it's on you. Your challenge, your work, your assignment is to see the divine in everything, regardless of what else you see there. He says that the master teacher Yeshua, that the world ultimately came to call Jesus, the Christ, taught us saying, judge not according to appearances, but judge righteous judgment. So when we see the appearance of evil, we look through it to the truth that lies back of it. 
that is within it, that is the foundation of it. As soon as we see this truth and see it spiritually, because it's not, gonna, it's not an ocular seeing, the appearance changes. The moment you identify the blessing, you see, the thing changes because this is a mental world. Once you see it, that's what it is for you. He goes on to say that now most people don't know this. They think it's a material world. And that's why we are caught up in the ways that we are. Dr. Matthew Fox recently did a talk. A pandemic is too important to waste. And I love that. And so I'm bringing it to you today to say it's not, it's not the title of my talk, but I wanted to slip it in there. Well, I guess it is in a sense, because I've come to tell you, do not waste this opportunity. When would you have slowed yourself down, she said, choosing her words carefully. When would you have just said, you know what, I'm just going to slow down. I'm going to stay myself home. I'm not going to be out ripping and running. I'm going to quiet myself for a while. I'm going to whatever it is that you've been doing. And I'm saying, let's do it intentionally, no longer by default. Let's not just hang out, sheltered in place, because you got to. Since you're doing it, make it a blessing. The pandemic is too important to waste. These are the changes of our lives. I know we, so, so far, some of us have the year 2020 in that column. Like we want to hurry up and get, to, get done with 2020. And some of us have it in the column where we're like, whoa, it's hard to tell people. But I am benefiting from this. I have, this is, you know, my mother used to talk about making lemonade out of lemons. I hadn't got a whole shop with lemonade and lemon curd and lemon juice and lemon pie. I got lemon stuff because I am forever, I am just committed to transmuting my experiences into blessings. Now, the whole truth is that sometimes I'm a little slow on uptake, but allow me to tell you I'm getting there because I'm committed to this. This I know for sure. I sense that this pandemic is akin to a master class. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That it's a master class in faith and works. Where we, where we acknowledge and we ground ourselves, we stand in faith. And we do the work out of our faith. We generate the, our works out of our faith, meaning out of our beliefs, out of, remember we talked about what you know and who you know and that relationship? All of that is present. So daily, daily, we can be praying for, what did the song say? Praying for sense of direction. Praying for love and protection. That can be a part of what we're doing. Have mercy. When we were reading 
Romans 8. Verse 31 said, if God is for us, who can be against us? <laughs> you know, and you want to almost have like a V8 moment with it. Duh. Here's the thing. I want to kind of slip in Romans 4 and 17, which reminds us that God, there it says, gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. So when we say, if God is for us, that's the God we're talking about. The one who gives life to the dead in a Lazarus kind of moment, but you don't need to think Lazarus because you got something in your life. And, and, and we only trot out Lazarus to remind us that we have something in our own life where we have commanded it into life that didn't look like it could be life anymore. Each and every one of us has something. And so that's the God relationship that we're talking about. The one that calls into being things that were not. This is what this training is. If you're hanging out at Heart and Soul, I encourage you to keep hanging. Because a huge aspect of what we're up to is learning how to command our word, our word of truth with power so that we too are commanding, calling into being things that were not. Your finances, for example. Call it into being. Quit talking about it the way it was. Quit looking at the bottom line of your bank account balance unless it's giving you inspiration for what's next. But if instead you find yourself whining and crying about it, you are going to have to. Well, you don't have to do nothing, frankly. Let's just be clear. I'm inviting you, though, to become adept at calling into being things that were not. The balance in the bank account, the doctor, the, the, the lab report, the doctor's prognosis. What else you got? The relationship that's on shaky ground. Call it into being. Quit talking about it as a shaky relationship. Quit talking about it in terms of what doesn't work. Begin to look at it through eyes of it working in whatever form. I'm not, now do not misunderstand me. I'm not inviting you to stay in no abusive relationship. Don't get this twisted. I'm saying you're looking clear, and even that will help us to discern. More clearly, if this is for us, it's lifting the blinder so we can see very, very clearly what is there for us, what is the highest. So indeed, who can be against us with all that going for us? Who can be against us? And maybe that in an election year, see, what a blessing. What a blessing for us to apply this in an election year where often our, our, our inclination, our, our uh, knee-jerk reaction 
is that something is against us and, and we become experts at what can't happen and how, it's, how the system is set up in ways. Come on now, your power is in declaring what hasn't been as it is and then calling it into being. So we want to, we, <laughs> yeah, we need to be sheltered in place so we can really focus. So we can manage the distractions and can focus our attention. If God is for us, <laughs> indeed, who, what, where can be against us? Ooh, I'm talking to somebody right now, <laughs> not just me, because I'm really, y'all know I'm talking to me. I hope y'all know that. But I know there's some others who, who are getting in on it, who are, are, you'd understand if I said, who are breaking off a piece of this for themselves. To say, yes, indeed, who can be against me? Who am I afraid of? Why am I not? standing boldly in infinite possibility. Look here, Emmett Fox, in that first chapter of The Mental Equivalent, says this. He says, for anything that you want in life, remember this was written in 1953, by the way, for anything that you want in your life, hear me now, it might help for you to just close your, allow your eyes to close, so you're not distracted, you can take this in. For anything that you want in your life, a healthy body, a satisfactory vocation, friends, opportunities, and above all, the understanding of God. I'm gonna pause here. Why? Because I'm linking this back to Romans 8. When you gotta know. You gotta know, and if you're not in relationship, you not know it. You see, in my life, because, you know, I'm, I'm out here on Zoom and on the other platforms representing heart and soul, there are folks who might say, oh, I know, Rev. Well, they may or they may not. It might translate to, I saw her once for a few minutes via video versus the ones who are really engaged in heart and soul and the teaching and the practice and, and, and part, of, the, part of, of heart and soul, if you will. If, does that make sense? So this idea that he's saying, and above all, understanding of God, this notion of knowing God, you must furnish a mental equivalent, he says. Supply yourself with a mental equivalent and the thing must come to you. What? I'm standing here as offering testimony that this is the truth. Without a mental equivalent, it cannot come. He says, supply yourself with a mental equivalent and the thing must come to you, but without the mental equivalent, it cannot come. He says, now, as to things in your life that you would like to be rid of, and everyone has such things in his life, if we rid our mind of the mental equivalent of them, they must go. Then he says, and I have it for you to see as well, everything you see or feel 
on the material plane, whether it is your body, your home, your business, your city, is but the expression in the concrete of a mental equivalent held by who? You. The one having, the one seeing, the one feeling. Everything in your city is the embodiment of mental equivalence held by the citizens of that city. Look at here. Everything in your country, come on now, is the embodiment of mental equivalence held by the people of the country. I need to pause for effect right here, just so you can take that in. With a little attitude, too. Because it's on us. I often say it's on our watch. It's ours. And the state of the world embodies the mental equivalent of the, remember it's 1953, of the 2,000 million people who make up the world. <laughs> Whenever I just, you know, it's a point of, of awareness. It's, it's a timeline, isn't it? So, do y'all get that? Y'all get how important it is for us to be aware of and manage our mental equivalent. What better time? Because a lot of what we said was getting in the way of us taking the classes, sitting still, ha developing a spiritual practice, etc., was because we had too much to do. And I don't doubt that that's true. All I'm saying is, while well, sheltered in place, have mercy. Oh, the lyric, sinking down under. Slipping down under. Well, Andrew Cohen says, dive deep. See, we not just go like, like have mercy says in the lyric and the song, sinking down under, slipping down under. Andrew Cohen says, dive deep into mystical practice and compassionate action. Get on in the deep end of it. He says, as a way of rooting your life in meaning and radiant purpose. Whatever the hell or heaven erupts in the obvious unfolding of madness, of the intractable crises that will either wipe us off the face of this earth or so embolden and ennoble us that we are reborn as a unified divine human race. How about putting a bar somewhere in terms of an intention to dive into doing, being all that I can be, dedicated absolutely to living in harmony with all sentient beings? Yeah, we bit off a piece right there, right? Have mercy. Have mercy. Praying for a sense of direction, praying for love and protection. Andrew Cohen goes on to say, nothing should swerve us now from endeavoring to find the rugged, realistic strength and wisdom that we all are going to need for the healing of America. This is why we gotta do our work. This is why it pays for, it's beneficial 
for us to understand mental equivalency. Because otherwise, this is like, how are we going to do this, Rehab? This is the world? How we? Mm. But if you understand, your thought is present in the manifestation of the world. So what you must manage is your thinking. You must manage your individual mental equivalency. And then there is a collective one that is in sync with that. We've been living in a mental equivalency that, as far as I can tell, is born out of fear and, and separation, fear and separation. Because it's only if I feel separate that I feel like I don't have to worry about the children or the immigrants or the women or the elders. You see, and the, once you start that, the list can just get longer. Because once you're separate, you're just separate. And you just say, don't matter how many we add. Have we not noticed that with my same gender-loving folks? That one of the patterns I've seen is how, how we have folks publicly decrying what it ain't and how it shouldn't ought to be until their daughter comes out. When the daughter comes out, the beloved daughter, and says, I'm, so, I'm same gender loving, this is who I, then it's different. You, you see, I, and I love that. that is, I'm not mad about that because I wanted it to change. But I don't want us to just be able to love the people we love. That we can only allow the people we love to love the people they love. The rest of the folks, we, we got some rules for them because we don't know them. Do you see how important it is for us to know the divine? Because when you know the divine, you begin to see the divine in every situation and circumstance, and so it doesn't matter if they're kin to you. Doesn't matter if they're your favorite or not. They're still deserving. What did it say? All sentient beings. In harmony with all sentient beings. So this notion now that Andrew Cohen is offering us is that this healing of America and also to meet the challenges of all the crises that have been perfectly organized by the divine. Oh, we hadn't thought about seeing it that way, had we? We hadn't thought about just saying, oh, this has been perfectly organized by the divine to shatter our full selves and birth us in awe, he says, and trembling into the next level of our evolutionary destiny. Yeah, because who would have done it on their own? <laughs> I mean, this is where we just have to tell the truth about us. Because sometimes we say, oh, I would have gone anyhow. Yeah, the likelihood of you sitting still looking deep enough to know. This, my beloveds, is our adventure in faith. See, this 2020 adventure in faith, I submit that we must refuse to lose our faith. 
because it's only in faith that we'll really rise up in divine knowing and the power that that gives us rise up in conviction and when we do oh when we rise up we'll move mountains i'm going to ask Oko rush to tell you about it by the way my nephew arranged this acapella arrangement for vocal rush You're broken down and tired of living life on a merry-go-round, but you can't find the fighter. But I see it in you, so we're gonna walk it out and move mountains. We're gonna walk it out and move. And I'll rise up, I'll rise like the day, I'll rise up, I'll rise unafraid, I'll rise up, and I'll do it a thousand times again. And I'll rise up, high like the waves, I'll rise up, in spite of the ache, I'll rise up, and I'll do it a thousand times again.
In today's world especially, it's not easy to keep a center going. You know, often as a participant or a congregant or someone who's part of the community, we're not really thinking maybe about the electric bill and about all the many things it takes to keep a community together and growing. And so I invite us on this 11th birthday. Some of you know that I am the founder of the Prosperity Plus programs 1, 2, and 3, and I know that your center has offered these programs to you. I'm a deep believer in tithing. And we all have giving patterns. Many of us give actually only emotionally. We give when we feel like we have a little extra. And then there's another kind of giving that's a regular repeated giving that comes with a percentage to it. And if it's not 10%, it's 5% or it's 6%, but it comes out of a decision to have circulation in your life. Planting in a beautiful place like the heart and soul center of light for the growth of a community that you has nurtured you, can nurture you further, and more than that, can spread this wonderful message to a world that is deeply hungering, even if they don't know yet that they're hungering for it. So I invite us on this day to lean in and make a commitment for percentage giving over the next year. And then turn around every three months and take a look at what's happening in your life. Something happens when you're a regular giver. And each month as you're receiving your income, a portion of it goes to support. Uh, it changes the way you feel about yourself. It changes your level of expectation of good in your life. It changes your sense of worthiness and your connection with the very source of your life. Hello, family. And so as Mary Morrissey has said, this is our opportunity to rise up and knowing that we live in an abundance of God and that that abundance allows us to graciously give from our overflow. We get in where we can get in. And at Heart and Soul Center of Light, there are lots of ways in which you can graciously give to this ministry. You can send a check to Heart and Soul Center of Light, 5627 Telegraph Avenue, number 405, Oakland, California, 94609. You can also give online at our website, heartsoulcenter.org slash give. And while you're there, you can set up recurring giving, meaning your gift will give on a regular basis, um, whether you're attending a heart and soul service or not, or you can specify a one-time gift. Either way, whatever works for you. And you can text the word give to 510-500-5849. It's one of my favorite ways to give. And so with all of these ways of giving, we know it's also important that we bless our gift, thereby establishing uh, a goodness that our gift will do in the world. So wherever you happen to be in the world, I invite you to take your gift in hand 
and perhaps just place it right over your heart or otherwise place your hand right over your heart. And let us recite our blessing together. I bless this gift as healing energy and send it into the divine flow of all good. Infinite prosperity circulates through me, through my church, and throughout the world because I know God as source, and so it is. Hi, welcome back. I just want to say happy birthday to the December babies. I know we said it at the top, but I wanted to say it um, because I'm sure for those of us who had birthdays in, during the pandemic, it's a different experience. And so I just want you to know that you're in my heart and my prayer is that I've offered you something this day that can support you in your celebration going forward. That's my prayer for you. I want to, oh, first of all, I also want to acknowledge that I misspoke. The mental equivalent was written in 1933, not 53, 33, 1933. Um, so I wanna say thank you for those of you, for all of you, for being with us this morning and always in anything that we're doing when you're there, just know that from my heart to yours, I'm grateful. But I'm especially grateful this morning for those of you who are tuning in from out of the area. Um, because I often think of it in a way that we were not likely to see you if we were gathering in person. And so I'm really grateful that you arranged the time, did whatever was required. So acknowledging you for tuning in from Jersey City and Fort Lauderdale and Baton Rouge and Virginia Beach and Casa Grande, Arizona and Maui and Tucson and Aurora, Colorado and Connecticut and Detroit and Atlanta and Jaffrica, uh, Jackson, Mississippi and Lansing, Michigan and Sao Paulo, Brazil, Muscat, Oman and Salvador, Bahia, Los Angeles, Watsonville, certainly the San Francisco, the greater San Francisco Bay Area, Boston, Massachusetts and Philly as well. Thank you for joining in with us. I also want to offer a special thank you to those of you who, who are, have already given the gift for our kind of housewarming, if you will, because we've moved recently and some of you have accessed our uh, wish list on Amazon and I need you to know it's very special to open the box and not know and then realize that it's something we've been wanting and if anything we have always practiced fiscal responsibility so this really supports us in having the things that we desire for the beautification and the functionality and the efficacy of our ministry and thank you for your generosity, absolutely thank you. Also want you to know that there's an opportunity for you next Sunday afternoon. And uh, what it is, is the CSL, the Centers for Spiritual Living, the Holiday Cozy Couch concert is happening. 
and three of the Centers for Spiritual Living uh, amazing musicians are performing live on next Sunday afternoon. And each musician will share a 55 Look at Los Angeles. This journey has been an insane roller coaster. I mean, in the beginning, it's not that we didn't have confidence in ourselves, but we did know that we didn't have as much performing experience as some of the older groups. But now we're in the finale. And Eddie Watkins Jr., who we know and love, who has been to Heart and Soul as well. So it is going, and Amy Bishop is bad. Let me just, in a good way. <laughs> it's amazing, I guess I should say. Um, and so it's going to be a fabulous concert. And it happens, let's see, Amy Bishop is at 5 o'clock uh, Mountain Time, which is 4 o'clock our time, right? Yeah. Right. So, And then Gary Lynn Floyd is at 6 o'clock, which is 5 o'clock our time. And Eddie Watkins, at, let me just say at our time, Amy Bishop at 4 Gary Lynn Floyd at 5, and Eddie Watkins bringing it home at 6 p.m. And so that's going to be an amazing concert. I encourage you to tune in. It can only support us in all that we are doing as we're resetting our consciousness and mental equivalent. And so I just ask that you join me in prayer. Somehow I feel like I've been praying this whole morning that the message was in its own way a prayer. And so right now I just dive in, as Andrew Cohen said, just drive, dive in more deeply into an awareness of recognizing the living one, the strong one, as the one life that each and every one of us is living, that I am living the life of the living one, the strong one. And that the life of the living one, the strong one is living me and that this is true for all of us. That in fact, I am breathing the breath of the divine. And the divine is breathing me. And that this is true for all of us. Each and every one of us is breathing the breath of the divine. And the divine is breathing each and every one of us. Our, uh, my awareness right now of that connectivity, of that oneness, of that God is, I amness, just sets it all straight. You see, now that I know that, now that I'm reminding myself of this truth, I'm standing in it, unified in my awareness of the divine. God is, I am. And so it's from that place that I call into being the good. Every, each and every one of us, our heart's desire made manifest that right where we are, the whole perfect and complete nature of the divine manifest in our lives. So for those who are, who are in prayer around health and greater health and well-being, a greater expression of health and their well-being. I declare it from this place where I know God is and I am, and that I use this voice, my voice. My vocal cords, though I acknowledge, are being vibrated by the divine. So I am simply rendering myself, surrendering, 
offering myself to in this prayer, my voice, my truth, my knowing, to stand in the gap for anyone who does not see clearly how they can declare and claim health and well-being. I stand in the gap knowing that not only is it possible, but it's a requirement. I stand in the gap for anyone in relationship where there is confusion, and I know that this is highly possible in this time under these circumstances. And so I stand in the gap for myself and for anyone else who is working to work out and smooth out and know the truth and see the God in everyone, and most especially those with whom we have any conflict or disconnection. Oh, I speak this word that it be a prospering word. That someone who has that as a concern can see themselves clear, can know that right now I'm calling into being the divine prosperity that is. I am prosperity. Go ahead, say that. I am prosperity to know that right where we are, the whole perfect and complete nature of the divine is manifest in prosperous ways. As Catherine Ponder defines it, an abundance of all things good. So I speak this into being for us, that we would know an abundance of all things good and that we count our blessings so that we don't miss any of the good that is promised and that is already realized. Oh, so it is an absolute perfect gratitude. Perfect gratitude for all that has brought me to this point and that that stands me confidently knowing that this moment is blessed from top to bottom and side to side, that in and throughout all is well in God. So it must be well right here in me, in us, as us. And I give thanks going forward for the harvest that is yet produced in form, but it is in mind as my mental equivalent to the good that is forever unfolding, always and in all ways. So it is an absolute perfect gratitude for this and the more that I give thanks. It is in gratitude that I just let go and I let God, that I release this into the perfect activity of law that I know is really law. <laughs> and I let it be. I seal this word. Knowing that it's true, I seal it for all eternity by simply saying, Amen, Ashe, and so it is. For our closing song by that uh, vocal rush is singing, I'm getting my wits about me here. Part of the lyric is, I forgot I had a choice. This is speaking to somebody right now. I forgot I had a choice. I let you push me past the breaking point. I stood for nothing, so I fell 
for everything. Hear this from Vocal Rush now as we set a new mental equivalent in place for now on. Look at Los Angeles. We made it. This journey has been an insane roller coaster. I mean, in the beginning, it's not that we didn't have confidence in ourselves, but we did know that we didn't have as much performing experience as some of the older groups. But now we're in the finale, and it's freaking crazy. The first performance, I could not believe that we were actually about to take the stage. You heard Nick Lachey announce us. Here is Vocal Rush. And then we just killed it. When Vocal Rush took the stage the first time, I knew these kids. I knew their lives. I knew their struggles, where they came from, where they, they didn't even know they were headed. You know, like during the holidays, there's the adult table and then the little kids table. We definitely pulled up chairs to that adult table and showed what we said. Jordan, you sold the song, girl. You sold that thing. The wind, the chill in the rain, the storm in the flood. When we performed Holding Out for a Hero, our energy got the best of us, which sent us into the ultimate singer. But that was the best performance Vogue Rush has ever done. I knew right then and there that we had potential. There are 12 different kids, but they really have one identity, and it feels like they're an artist. So take a look at me they are able to take songs, interpret them, and they always sound like them. Vocal Rush is like one unit, and if we win and stay together as a family, that literally would be the best thing that could ever happen, probably in our lives. We've come such a long way. I'm so proud of all of us. You can't beat truth and emotion and just realness. No one can touch that. And I feel like that's what we possess so much of. We just hope that we're like inspiring people that you can do anything no matter what, like age, race, anything. The sky is the limit. Making their case to win the grand prize, performing Roar by Katy Perry, here is Goku Rush. I used to bite my tongue and hold my breath, stretch up the floor and make a mess. So I sat quietly, agreed politely. I guess that I forgot I had a choice. I let you push me past the breaking point. I stood for nothing, so I fell for everything.
vocal rest. Cool. I really love about a great performance. It causes us to stop and we lose track and we become sucked into your gravity. And that's, that's a difficult thing to do. And you guys as a group are really able to do that. We all stop, everything gets still, and we pull into you guys. And to me, that's a wonderful quality. You guys don't ever lose it. Sean? I feel like a proud uncle or something. Yeah. That's it. You know, I, I look at you guys' faces. I just see promise. I just see so much potential. I see, like, no doubt, you guys are the future. I mean, that energy is so infectious. You can feel it, like, just coming off the stage, man. And I loved you guys from the beginning, and I love you at the end. Aww. You guys are awesome. It's the Eye of the Tiger show. It's the Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> All right, Ben, did they do Katy Perry proud? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys are always great. That was amazing. Uh, Sydney, you, you've got a really intelligent voice. You know, I, I really was listening to the words when you were singing. It was very cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Sarah. Well, yeah. Awesome. Way to drive that home. All the leads, Jordan. I mean, you guys uh, really made space for the, for the lead vocals like you always do. And you always find a way to connect. And I think you would do that anywhere. Yeah. I think it's just something yeah. you're really good at. And, and don't lose that. You guys were great. Okay. Did Vocal Rush prove they should be our winners? We'll learn the judge's decision at the end of the night. Thank you, guys. high school group to ever make it to the finals in the sing-off and it has been like the craziest most fun ride ever and none of us would have rather experienced it in any other way than with each other we are moments away from unveiling the winner whose star will shine bright and who will fade to black you guys are going for it you're you're daring greatly and i'm very proud of all of you the judges are making their list and checking it twice their decision when we return, hold that note.